Milo Vonnen, welcome and well met. Thanks for joining me for this episode of 10CBF, a podcast for blended families. I'm your host and resident Tolkien nerd, Joel W. Hallbaker, and I'm excited and honored that you've chosen to join me today. I hope that you are looking forward to learning, laughing, and being encouraged about your blended family. Milo Vaughn and everybody, and welcome back to another episode of 10CBF, a podcast for blended families. I'm really excited about our guest today. Uh, Tracy Poisner is a certified life coach who leveraged 20 years of professional training and expertise in alternative healthcare to help herself and her family find their way through the wilderness of step family life. Amen on it being a wilderness sometimes. She says her dream job is helping other stepmoms find their way to the light at the end of the tunnel so they can feel useful and appreciated in family life, grounded and confident in their personal life. She's living the dream from her home in small town Canada where she produces the Essential Stepmom Podcast, which is heard in 64 countries around the world. So when you're done listening to this episode, go find her podcast and go check it out. In her spare time, she helps the dads of the family learn to parent from a place of leadership so they can make the impact they truly want in the lives of their kids. Tracy, it, it is an honor to have you on the show. I'm really excited about talking to you. Thank you for your time. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited about it. Um, it. It seems, and I've just, you know, I've just started this podcast this year, but it seems like there are a lot more women working with step families than there are men. And so I'm very appreciative that even a lot of the women who do that work are reaching out to also help the men, the dads and the stepdads, because that's a, again, I'm not a stepdad. I'm, I'm a bio dad, but man, being a step parent is a gig I would not have signed up for. My wife does it. She's a stepmom, And I told every step parent in the world, God bless you. Cause I could not. Yeah. So. It's, it's, um, uh, people often, actually I get asked a lot if I, you know, they, or people say, well, Tracy works with dads and stepmoms or, or like stepmoms and stepdads or something. And it's a completely different kind of family. The one mm -hmm. with a biological mom and a stepdad mm -hmm. from the one with a biological dad and stepmom, hmm. totally different family vibe. Right. Um, totally different meaning uh, of the, the presence of the step parent, uh, the impact on the kids and all of that. You, you would sort of think it would be the same and it just isn't. Right. Yeah, and I think that's important to, for people to acknowledge as well, and I think that's really, really good. So for our listeners to get to know you better, um, give us a summary of your blended family experience, uh, personal, professional, both. Yeah. Um, so I have a daughter, a biological daughter, who is now 32, so she hasn't lived at home for a long time. <laughs> but um, uh, when she was in high school, um, my the man who is now my husband. So my, my, I split up with, with my daughter's dad when she was around 11. Mm -hmm. And uh, I needed to make somehow a little bit of extra money. I was uh, actually working as a professional musician in those wow, days. Wow, cool. Yeah, I play in the symphony orchestra here in the city where we live. Can I be nosy and ask what you play? At viola. I play the viola. Nice. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So... Um, I needed some extra money and I thought I would rent a room in our house. And, uh, I did for one year, we had a, a roommate and that person moved away and then didn't have anybody for a while. And then some colleagues in the orchestra, uh, recommended me to a gentleman who was coming here on a one year sort of limited contract 
from his home about three hours drive away and he needed a place to stay a few nights a week during the nine months of the orchestra season here in town and they knew I had a room to rent and they you know um, suggested him to come over and so he just rented a room in my house for mm. those like few nights a week for it went on for um, several years but that was where where we met actually <laughs> and then um, uh, I, I was very happily single all those years I was just like I had been I, I don't know I, I think I was done in by marriage and divorce and I was not looking for another right. romantic relationship but um, we were somehow so compatible after those number of years that um, a after his marriage ended um, we eventually just were kind of happy living together and we just we just got together that way so he was living here while my daughter was in high school although okay. we were not romantically involved mm -hmm. at the time we weren't a couple but we we were friends and we ate all our meals together and he would right. drive her places and you know so there was that and and when she moved away to university that kind of coincided with the the time that he and I got together mm -hmm. and then his kids came to live with us one at a time so mm -hmm. I like to joke that we're the serial parents of an only child we've done that four <laughs> times in a row that is incredible yeah, it's a funny circumstance. You know, not many people get to have that experience. We really had them one at a time. Right. Um, so his kids now are uh, 20, 22, and 25. Okay. Uh, and the oldest one lived with us for a short time and mm -hmm. went back to be with his mom. The middle boy came at, later on and stayed. He's now off at university. Mm -hmm. And the, the youngest, who is a girl... Uh, came after the middle boy was at university mm -hmm. and she did her last year of high school uh, here and then she went to university and now she's come back um, with COVID and everything. Oh, no, she's yeah. um, um, so she's living at home and doing university online because it's hundred percent online here now. So, mm -hmm. um, so that's, that's where we're at. I'm, I'm 14 years into this blended family journey. Wow. Yeah, I, I love what you said there about being the serial parents of an only <laughs> child. I, one of the things that I'm amazed at is in, in doing a lot of the blended family work, I've never once heard the same story from two different people. Like every single blended yeah. family person that I've spoken with has a different story about how it happened, how they got together, their, their kids' situation. Like, yeah. And so I think it's fascinating to, to study other people like you and realize that even though every family is different, there are certain things that could help every family. There are certain yeah. challenges that every family is going to face, even though the family is unique, the dynamics may be different. The challenges are going to be very similar. Um, and so that's what my next question is. What is the biggest blended family challenge that you guys faced and how have you overcome or addressed that? Whether it's one that you faced or one that you've helped a client with. Oh my gosh. Well, I think, I think the, um, the drama and the tragedy of parental alienation, I would mm. have to say, is the is the the biggest thing. It certainly was for us, mm. and I think that's the that's the most pressing challenge. I have to say, even it's even the most common challenge, which is quite quite incredible. I I did a survey in my Facebook group mm -hmm. um, some time ago, and I was 
surprised to see the numbers there reflect what I had heard, although I didn't, I, I found it hard to believe that when I read somewhere that, that as many as 80% of blended families face some degree of, you know, parental alienation. Wow. And that what I saw in my group, there were about 150 people who answered and it was like 75% of them wow. were having some degree of that happening in wow. their lives. That and is a we're talking statistic. It is. And when you consider how many mm -hmm. children are living this reality, to think that approximately half of kids under the age of 18 are uh, have, you know, their family has split up and they are living with one or the other parent and maybe or not going back or forth, but that like if 80% of those of half of the kids are being um, actually emotionally manipulated in this way, mm. like who are we raising? Yeah. Like what's, who are we putting into the world as the next generation of adults, people who have had this, this horrible experience and, and the, the, the damage of it is that this, the child is not given a place where they can feel whole right. because every, I mean, the reason that some challenges are the same in all families is that we're all human beings who have the same internal wiring, right? Human psychology right. is a thing. It's not, um, it has different variations, but there are some pillars mm -hmm. of psychological development that are, you know, we can expect every human being to go through certain stages of development and to have certain construct of personality, whatever. And if you think that every cell of your body is half mom and half dad and nothing else, there's no other stuff from which we're made than our our mother and our father biologically. That's that's bi it's biology, mm -hmm. and that if if everywhere you are standing, half of you is not okay. Mm. Um, that that's not a recipe for you know a healthy <laughs> psychological development, a healthy sense of self. Right? right. That those are children who are. Um, having low self-esteem mm -hmm. or even self-hatred and who feel um, constantly guilty about right. something that is happening in their lives that ha really doesn't concern them at all. Um, they feel guilty if they're cooperating with the parent who's uh, kind of doing this abusive thing. Mm. They feel guilty if they, if they even think that their parent would would be perpetrating some kind of situation that's not correct. Mm -hmm. So they don't know where to stand. They don't feel okay. They don't feel whole or safe. And I I don't think that's a way to <laughs> to put millions of of new adults into society. I, right. I just I think it's wretched. So I'm that's my personal mission. Mm. I think that's wonderful. I had. Um, another couple on the show, uh, I guess a few episodes back, and they also mentioned that that's a big thing they help deal with. It's just parental alienation. So mm -hmm. when you come across that, uh, what are some practical steps for people? So let's say there's someone listening right now who feels like that's happening in their blended family. What, what kind of practical steps would you encourage them to take to maybe help solve or at least mitigate 
or begin to address that? Well, I think you have to, first of all, consciously make your home a place where the child can feel whole. Mm -hmm. And that involves understanding how much they need to uh, feel safe and have space to love both of their parents in the same place at the same time. So you have to be purposeful about that. You have to make sure that you're not like that your body language doesn't betray that. Yeah. Every time uh, mom's name comes of, up, if your face gets mad, like that's, that's it, you know, or that, uh, that even that you don't want to hear about it mm -hmm. because okay. it, it's like, uh, it could be really hard for a dad to show pleasure or excitement in hearing about things that involve the, the lady that he's divorced, right. Mm -hmm. That he just doesn't want to, have her in his headspace anymore and he doesn't want to hear about nice things that are happening there or and in the same way that mom like that's we can you know we as let's say dad and stepmom can complain that oh you know the, the bio mom isn't happy when she hears about nice things that happen right. at our house i can promise you the same thing is happening at your house you just don't notice it right it's very hard to to be genuine and enthusiastic and not feel like a hypocrite when, <laughs> when you hear something, but you, you have to be open to mm -hmm. the idea that, you know, this child is not just entitled, but encouraged to express love for both of their parents all the time. And that sometimes falls to the stepmom mm -hmm. to understand what's happening when you hear something like, my mom makes the best chocolate chip cookies mm -hmm. just when you're baking something, you know, or whatever. Like, yeah. I mean, that's the kind of the archetypal situation, right? Yes. Like my mom's yeah. apple pie is the best. Yeah. And you have to know that it's not, it's not intended as a, it's just not intended as a jab. Right. We always right. receive it that way. Right. But the message is I'm thinking about my mom right now. Hmm. I maybe I miss my mom right now. Mm -hmm. And you have to be able to say, that's great that she makes such good cookies. Maybe I'll get to taste them one time. Right. Or maybe you can, she can share her recipe with me. Or what mm -hmm. you, you just have to turn it around and be able to absorb that mm -hmm. and not let it be about you. Um, which, is, other, which is not an easy thing. It's not easy. <laughs> like it feels like an insult and you right. don't understand how, someone could like, I'm standing here making cookies and right. somebody comes in and says, my mom's chocolate chip cookies right. are the best. It immediately like, feels like a like you want to, you know, I want to like <laughs> upside the head, right? right? Like how could that not be an insult? But yeah. you just don't understand that it, it has nothing to do with that. I liken it to, you know, maybe some of your listeners have lost a, a parent already, you know, when we get to be adults, it could happen that you're, you've lost a mom or a dad. Mm -hmm. And imagine like that your father has passed away, let's just say, and you, you, you're together with your mom. And at some moment you just say, geez, I miss dad. Right. And it's not an insult to mom. Well, it's not an insult to her new husband who mm. might be sitting there, right? Like, Got it's it. really not. You still, it doesn't change. Your need to say that, something right. like that, isn't changed by her new circumstances, or it certainly right. shouldn't be. 
Mm. And if you were to say that, it would be a really sad thing if that guy took it to heart and said, oh, great. Like, what am I? <laughs> right. You know, like, yeah. that's it's, a great, not about, that's a great it's not about you. Yeah. Um, so I, I, and I think having photos around is mm -hmm. important. Like there should be a photo of mom, mm -hmm. either in the kid's room or a little photo album of mm. pictures so that they can, they know that they're welcome to bring her into their, you know, environment at your house, right. that that's okay. Um, and boy, that's, that's really hard for, <laughs> um, for a lot of it, for both the dad and the stepmom, right? Because right. the dad has divorced this lady and isn't anxious to have, you know, little um, mementos or souvenirs or reminders of her around. And this, the, the stepmom, for obvious reasons, is feeling um, insecure or insulted about that. And none of that respects what the, what the child needs for their own emotional development. Right. Yeah. And it, I love everything that you said. And I think you, you've hit the nail on the head with a lot of that in that um, it's really, it can be very difficult, but it's extremely important to allow those things to be okay because the child needs that in order That's to it. properly develop. The child needs that to grow. They need that to feel secure. You know, we, we've all seen the statistics about blended families and, and the problems that kids can have as they get older when they come from blended families, broken homes, whatever term you want to use. Mm -hmm. And so in order to fight back against those statistics, in order to, to you know, push back and rebel against them and, and make their kids' lives better, what we need to be doing is not doing the usual things. That's it exactly. I agree with you 100%. You have to not follow the 70% right. over, the, over the falls, you know? Right. Um, you have yep. to swim in another lane. You have to get your boat, you know, you need to be in the lucky boat of the 30% <laughs> that's yeah. going somewhere else. You, you just can't follow what everybody's doing and expect to end up in a different, right. in a different place. Yeah, that, that's Einstein's um, definition of insanity, right? Exactly. Doing the same thing over and over and expecting and, a different result. Like, exactly. Yeah. And it's not you necessarily doing the same thing right. over and over. But, but when we, you know, the, the, the social media space is, I think, an especially brutal one sometimes mm -hmm. for, um, well, for this population anyway, and to... I, I always tell people that they have to be careful where they're getting their advice. Yes. Um, because, um, you know, 70% of the people in these groups are in marriages that aren't going to make it. Right. And if you're going to, if you're going to take their advice, you don't, you don't know who's who. Right. You have to look for people who have been at it long enough, mm -hmm. who are, you know, who are not coming at everything from a real emotional place. Right to say, you know, I wouldn't take that. I wouldn't stand for that for one minute. I would do, you know, well, you know, so, I mean, in my group, I don't, I don't let anybody say I would mm. do anything. I, you can either say, I hear you. That sounds mm. really hard. Um, sending hugs, or you can say something similar happened to me and here's how I dealt with it. That right. seemed to work. Yeah. Not, those not, are the only dealing, two yeah. things. Right. Those are the two things, you know, you can right. express your support. Mm -hmm. Or you can say, here's something to think about that worked for me. Right. Instead of dealing in hypotheticals that are typically going to be emotionally charged. Exactly. Yeah. 
Okay. I think that's wonderful. And again, listeners, if you are, um, if you're in that kind of place where you need some encouragement, uh, what is the name of your Facebook group? We'll make sure to put it in our show notes. Yeah. My Facebook group is called the Spectacular Stepmom. Spectacular Stepmom. I, so and I, my and listeners I do have know one. I'm, I'm a compulsive note taker, so I'm writing all this it. down. Yeah. Um, and there is one for the dads too, um, because so many of the ladies said, man, this group is so great. I wish there was one for the dads. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so I made one? one. It's called One for the Dads. One for the Dads. Nice. Okay. Well, there you go. So <laughs> listeners, the links to those will be in the show notes. Uh, I'll make sure I put that down so we don't forget to put it in there. Excellent. Okay. Well, good. Well, so to transition again, that, that first question that I ask people about the, the, the challenges is always good, but it's always hard. I know it's good because I know there are listeners who are going to hear this and go, yes, we are dealing with this. But my next question is actually one of my favorites to ask because it's more positive. What, what's the best blended family experience or memory that you have? Like oh, when my you just, what, what's made you joyful? What's made you happy? What makes you smile to think about? Um, I'll tell you, there were a few that happened last Christmas time, mm-hmm. last holiday season. Um, one of them was that we, uh, one configuration of us anyway, because we weren't all together the whole time, but right over the uh, sort of, Christmas Boxing Day, mm-hmm. we um, joined my family, my parents at our family cottage, which was a really nice thing. My parents are getting quite elderly, so they can't always make it. Mm-hmm. But they were there, and I was there with my husband and my daughter and his daughter. Mm-hmm. And the, they are about uh, 11 years apart in age, 12 years apart in age. Wow. Uh, but so it was the first time that they had really kind of bonded together and mm. spent a lot of time playing board games together and stuff. I mean, they're just finally old enough to have, you know, stuff in common at, at 20 and 31 or whatever mm. they were. Um, so that was a joy to mm. see, you know, that was really nice. Yeah. And also they like, they never lived in the same house right. together yeah, you because the my, timing. you know, so it was just a really nice kind of bonding time. And then uh, New Year's Eve last year, we were all together, my daughter and my husband's three kids and the mm. both of us. Nice. And I don't know that that's ever, ever happened before. It's certainly wow. not on a new, I mean, we've been all together, but. Um, not on a holiday like that? No, and not here because we often go, my husband's family all his extended family all live in Quebec, which is about a seven hour drive for mm. us. So we've been there all together many times, but it was super nice not to have to, <laughs> not to make the drive. You know, and my, my husband just said to his sisters, I mean, we used to go and see his mom and his big extended family there. And they have a big, beautiful New Year's day party. That's, you know, 35 people and lots of kids and babies. I mean, it's wonderful but it does involve a seven or eight hour drive for us in the snow and, right. you know, um, with like loading up the car with all the presents and right. everybody's yeah, suitcase. It's like it's a hassle. big, it's a big job. Right. So he just said to his sisters, you know, I'm going to have all my kids at my house and I'm not going anywhere. That's right. You're like, welcome to come, but we're going to be here. We are staying here. And it was just so lovely. Mm. It was so lovely. So, yeah. Good. Praise the Lord. I, I love hearing stories about 
when families can do that and it goes well because again it's yeah. easy to find stories about <laughs> when, you, it? when you get everybody together and it's just like fireworks and more shells and like and, those are easy but no. and we've had many of those moments over <laughs> the years but again like kind of everybody's old enough uh -huh. now that we can be yeah. all in a room together and um so yeah that was a super nice memory and it just the other like last night mm -hmm. my husband and his daughter and i were all sitting in the living room on couches and sofas under lamps reading a book at the same time mm -hmm. and i said this is weird. Like, why aren't we watching TV or something? Right. But, but it was just a very lovely feeling of family. Mm -hmm. Good. Yeah, those are, I agree. Those are some of my favorite times as well is, uh, especially when my girls were younger, mine are 16 and 13 now. Mm. But I, I love it when we would, we'd pull out the couch bed and we'd put on a movie and everybody piles on the dogs jump on there with yeah. us and, or same kind of thing you just described where we're all sitting in the den and we're all reading different books yeah, and yeah. there's some combination of the four of us laid out on the couch and somebody yeah. in the recliner. Yeah. There's just it's happy nice. times. It is. It's wonderful. Yeah. So uh, listeners, again, hold on to those moments. Uh, you know, I, I know there are hard times. I know there are struggles, there are painful issues, but really consciously write down some of those yes. family because you'll forget them you really yes. will oh it's super important it really is mm -hmm. it really is important because in the dark times you mm -hmm. feel like this isn't moving anywhere this isn't going like it's always it's always difficult it's always a struggle and you need reminders of those little things that Absolutely. go well um yep. i it's just like you gotta you gotta frame that and right <laughs> Yeah. One of the things my wife did, uh, we did this for three or four years is during the year, whenever something would happen that we wanted to remember, we kept a, just a little, you know, notepad and a pencil in the mm. den and we had a Mason jar, a little glass jar. Mm. And throughout the year we would just, we'd go by and we'd write down something. And so like whenever, whenever I'd go in the backyard and kick the soccer ball around with the kids, I'd put it in cause I, I'm a soccer coach. I've been a soccer nice. player and I love doing that with my daughters, especially when they got old enough to not be terrible at kicking a ball. When nice. it actually became fun instead of just chasing it everywhere. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And so I'd, I'd write the, and what we do is each year around New Year's, we dump out the jar and just take turns reading oh. each of those. And whoever, it did, you didn't just read yours, you just read whichever one you picked up. Oh, right? I love that. And then we what kept them nice in an idea. envelope. Yeah, we've got them in a file drawer in our den. Oh, I'm going to, I'm totally saving that. I'm going to suggest that <laughs> to people. I think that's a beautiful idea. Yeah, I, I, heard I wish a really I nice could take one. any credit for it. It was 100% my wife. So. I heard a really nice one from one of my clients. Mm-hmm who said that she um she had the little kind of um ritual of mm -hmm. going on adventures mm -hmm. with her stepkids since they were really little two and four or something they would pile in the car just mm -hmm. the her and the dad would be working and they would go and have an adventure somewhere and she always took pictures oh, and she nice. would get the pictures developed mm -hmm. and put them in a little wee frame mm -hmm. and then she put them on a wall like going up the stairs nice so that they were sort of at eye level uh -huh. of, of the kids but they you know they're on the wall right and that's a wonderful way to build a sense of new family right absolutely that, that's a really visually compelling feeling of family right. and i think everybody should do something like that because mm -hmm. that's like not formal like you know portrait right, family studio portraits. Right. No, just uh, pictures of you doing stuff together that uh, uh, pictures of you having fun together. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I think that that makes a big difference. Mm, I love that. I think that's awesome. Um, and I think there's a lot of wisdom in 
being purposeful about how you blend your family. I think that's really good. Um, so the, the next question here is uh, about the 10 commandments for blended families. I sent you a copy of those ahead mm -hmm. of time. Um, what, which one of those do you see people struggle with the most and what kind of wisdom or encouragement would you share with people who are struggling with whatever that one is? Oh my gosh, I don't have them in front of me now. So that's, <laughs> that's a bad question because I, I would have to look again. That's all right. Throw that's one right. at me. Um, well, you mentioned the, the parental alienation thing. Um, so one of the big things that I talk about with blended families is uh, making sure that you choose to believe the best about the other household oh. or over communicating with the other household, right? You got to yeah. communicate well. Yeah. Yeah. I, the, the, the choosing to believe the best is, that's a lovely way of putting it. I'm, I'm all about like maintaining a high vibration. Mm -hmm. And, and I believe that, um, that gratitude is really an entryway into elevating your, your vibration, you, mm -hmm. everything ab about you. And I suggest all the time to people to work with a gratitude journal Okay. and to, you know, make it a habit every day, five things that you're grateful for. And to really try to abide in the feeling of gratitude, like really hang out there in the, in the actual feeling, not just like listing things out, you know, but to, right. to really um, bathe yourself in the energy of gratitude. And that when you're really in an advanced practice of gratitude, to find at least one thing every day that you're grateful for about your ex-partner or about mm. you know if, if the stepmom is doing it then she needs to find something to be grateful for about the biological mom mm. yeah i think that's powerful to be specific about that too in terms of not just i'm you know it's, it's great to be i'm grateful for this i'm thankful for that but like something specific about that person yeah. with whom there might be a natural rivalry or animosity right. instead right. yeah choose to focus on something positive yeah. And there are, um, well, there's a wonderful book written. Um, I actually, there's, there's probably even a couple of books written by women who are the stepmom and the biological mom in a family mm -hmm. and who spent X number of years at each other's throats and right. then decided that it would be much easier for everyone if they were just friends and become really really good friends and right. allies and it it's so often possible if everybody can let go of whatever they whatever it is they're hanging on to that's not serving them right um so i think that women often complain to me i'm so tired of always being the one to take the high road i'm so mm -hmm. tired of always being having to be the better person right and i said well you know what you get out of that you get to be a better person. <laughs> like you, you do get to be a better person by right. practicing being the better person. And it, of course it's tiring. It's not right. easy. If it was easy, like Everybody there would, would be no that. value in it. Right. That's right. So like you can never go wrong being the better person, thinking the mm. best of the other family, you know, being mindful and grateful. Um, and, and I think that that, very often brings the other party around. Right. That yeah. It, it may take a while. It may take a while, but it's really hard 
to stay, you know, entrenched when mm -hmm. the other party is, you know, always ready to make an overture, always ready to put the past behind them and move forward. Right. Yeah. Um, I, I think you're exactly right. And I think that's, that's something that a lot of people, um, we tend to forget that we teach our kids that when they're little, you know, it's yeah. the golden rule, treat other people yeah. the way you want to be treated. And a lot of times they start treating you at least some better or at least less yeah. badly back. But as we become adults, we either forget that or choose just to not do it because we think, well, I'm an adult, so I'm going to do what I want to. Yeah. Um, and I know, again, I, I'm as guilty about doing those things as the next person, but I, I love what you just reminded them about um, how important it is to be willing to, take the high road and, and be the better person, not because it's competition, but because that's, that's how you become a better person is practicing being a better person. That's exactly that's right. It. And this is, this is such a, I say it's like a node of growth. It's a, it's a point where you get to like make a new bud of yourself. That's going to mm -hmm. have leaves and branches and fruit and seeds. And like, this is the opportunity for you to, like break out of who you were and become a new person of all the potential that you have in front of you. And mm. this particular life challenge is going to mold you in a certain way. And you get to decide right. who you're going to be at the end of this journey. Right. And, and I, I think that, that in light of the fact that this is such a new development in the history of humankind, there has yes. never been a moment where tens of millions of children are going back and forth between households like that moms and dads are sharing uh, from different homes the responsibility of raising kids it's never existed before in right. all of human history and now suddenly in the last 40 years it it has you know mushroomed to right. where it is now um, and i believe that it's a moment of of a real, you know, evolution of the human spirit that we learn how to deal with these brand new challenges and that mm -hmm. they, that they press us to become better people that we're right. being pressed by this circumstance into being not lackadaisical about right. our, about our, our spiritual development really. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And and I love what you said there about wanting to be not lackadaisical, but to be purposeful about it, to be conscious yeah. about it and, and to do those things. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think you're exactly right. And as, as a history teacher, I love it anytime anyone mentions something in terms of its historical context, because you're exactly yeah. right that what we are experiencing has never been experienced in any civilization that I've ever, ever. ever. And there's, you know, and so we're just winging it. <laughs> we're, we're all winging it. And that I think everybody needs to give themselves a little grace and say, Absolutely. like, nobody knows how to do this. Some of us are a few years ahead, right. which is like seconds ahead. If you want to <laughs> really, yeah, you in know. terms of history, yeah, absolutely. in terms of history, we're, we're just seconds ahead. There are now like two generations right. of, of people who have lived this, not three, you know, mm. you, you might have a parent right. who, who lived this, but it's for sure your grandmother, your grandfather didn't. Yeah. Very, very few people kind of have that that goes back any farther than um, that. Yep. So, you know, the, the stepmom of, of fairy tales and movies and Disney is the lady who marries your dad when your mom dies. Right. 
that's only that's the only kind right that there ever is right <laughs> right uh, there's not one who lives with your dad on uh, every other weekend kind of thing. like that's a brand new thing yeah. so um, we're all learning to deal with it and I think that it has a meaning a mm-hmm. grander meaning and I think it's about about learning to um, override some of our primal um, impulses our maternal impulse that mm-hmm. it's not a bad thing but we need to um we're being purposeful instead of just uh you know parenting by reflex or or right. relating to kids in a in a kind of automatic way because we have you know genetic predisposition to act like mothers or whatever but mm-hmm. um i think it's a it's such a different such a different situation to be a stepmother than to be a biological mother. And a lot of women fight against that because they want so much to, to have that life experience, which, Mm -hmm. okay. I mean, it's certainly been very central to my life. I won't, I won't (laughs) lie, you know? Um, But boy, it's, um, and it's a very, very different, it's a very different dynamic as much as I, absolutely love my stepkids very deeply Mm -hmm. Uh, it's not about the quality of love it's about the specifics of your your bond and and your responsibility or Mm -hmm. or lack thereof in terms of your um you know your attachment i guess to the to the outcome when you are not one of the parents Mm -hmm. yeah so it's hard it's really hard yeah, absolutely. And and listeners, be encouraged by that. It's okay that things are different with your biological kids or with your stepkids. It doesn't mean you love them any less. It's right. just a it's just a different thing. Yeah. Um, and and that's okay. And you need to give yourself the grace to allow that to be okay. Um, of course. And so. I tell people like, you know, you love your husband, and you love your brother, <laughs> but you don't love them the same. Right. Or you wouldn't say I love him as much or something it's kind of a ridiculous comparison yeah you there there are people you love in your life and you love them all and it's all a little different and that's Mm -hmm. the way it's supposed to be right and that's okay yeah absolutely absolutely all right so uh before we wrap up we just got a couple more questions one um what is your favorite or most recommended blended family resource give a book website person or coach podcast and it's 100 percent okay if it's your own because i've had other guests who said i'll be honest i like my stuff and i said good i think your stuff's great too i do like my stuff good <laughs> um and <laughs> I, actually at the moment i'm doing a series of podcast episodes with dads mm-hmm. so um i have five or six interviews with um, divorced dads mm, excellent. and i think i'm really hoping to to bring the dads along into mm-hmm. the, into this learning environment where we, you know, I think it's food for thought and for discussion. Um, but the other blended family resource that I'm really fond of is the Nacho Kids Academy. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's an amazing, uh, it's an amazing tool, uh, um, learning resource they are Lori and David Sims are uh, wonderful people, very lighthearted, but very caring, uh, dedicated to helping other families with okay. a lot of street 
credibility having <laughs> um, raised five boys wow. um, together and having like, despite all of the preparation that they mm-hmm. did before getting married, just discovered that they were sort of undone by unrealistic expectations of how mm. it was going to be and okay. came very close to losing it all and kind of pulled it out of the fire and mm. they help other families do the same with a very, uh, they're very clear about, mm. um, about their message, I guess I would okay. say. And it's a very, it's something that everyone can do and, that it's a very hopeful message. I think there's a lot of unfortunate misunderstanding about it because it's, it's become such a popular term in such a short period of time that mm-hmm. people think they, they just hear the word and they know what it means and they're not into that or something. But right. it's really all about stepping back from what's not working mm-hmm. and learning how to make it work and re-engaging in a way that makes everybody happy. And mm-hmm. there's nothing wrong with that. So right. I really love their stuff a lot. Okay. Yeah. Well, so we'll make sure we put a link to that in the show notes as mm-hmm. well. Um, where, what's the best way for our listeners to connect with you and learn more about your work? Um, they can find my website at mm-hmm. essentialstepmom.com. Okay. They can email me at info at essentialstepmom.com. Okay. They can listen to my podcast, Essential Stepmom, <laughs> which is on all the platforms. Um, yeah, they'll find me one of those ways. Excellent. And again, listeners will have all of those links in the show notes as well. Make sure that you uh, connect with uh, Tracy, whether it's following her on social media, checking out her podcast, send her an email, uh, check out her website. The the last thing I do, Tracy, and then we'll be done is I do a lightning round at the end. It's just goofy. All right. So there's, there's six questions and, um, some of them are, uh, I don't really feel strongly about some of them. There's no wrong answer. Some of them I feel pretty strongly about. Okay. So no pressure, but here we go. All right. Number mm-hmm. one, if you had to pick one, uh, Lord of the Rings, Narnia or Harry Potter, what do you go with? Narnia. Narnia. Nice. Yeah. There's no wrong answer to that. We love all of them in my house, but you can never go wrong with Narnia. No. I mean, do you have a favorite book that immediately comes to mind? Oof. The Lion, the Witch, the Wardrobe. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's fair. Yeah. That's good. Okay. Good. Um, Number two, hot dogs or hamburgers? Oh, God. (laughs) Hamburgers, hamburgers. Nice. All right. That's one. There's no real wrong answer. They're both great. (laughs) All right. Number three, and I don't know if this is a thing in Canada, so if it's not, you just have to to bear with me. Um, Boneless wings, are they a real thing or are they just pretentious (laughs) chicken nuggets? What do you think? (laughs) This is one I feel strongly about, by the way. I really do. Uh, we, I, it's not a thing up here. So I'm going to say that I'll go with pretentious chicken nuggets. That's what I'm talking about. I just, I don't understand how you can call yourself a wing when there's no bone. It's just a nugget with sauce on it. Just call it. It's just a nugget. Anyway, I does, that's not a thing up in Canada, huh? You guys I, well, have... maybe it is. I've never seen it, but. Okay, weird. They're all over the really, place like down here. You, but... In restaurants or it's a mm-hmm. ball game thing? Or... Yeah, well, it's mostly like, especially fast food places. It's basically like a, a cheaper way to serve chicken wings. So you just, you call them wings, but they're just nuggets, but they're boneless I guess wings. I don't do much fast food. So maybe okay. it's here and I haven't seen it, but I've, I haven't right. seen it advertised. Yeah, they're, it, they're dumb anyway. anyway. <laughs> um, number four, dogs or cats? Dogs. That's what I'm talking about. Good. Okay. Uh, number five, tea, sweet or unsweet? Unsweet. That's weird. All right. That's very, well, I'm, I'm from down in Alabama, so it's always going to be sweet. I, 
I do both ways, I have to say. So okay. I, I said unsweet, but um, I'm probably, I'm drinking tea right now. That's kind nice. of a chai blend thing. Nice. And there's probably okay. some, like some sweet herb in there already. Okay. That doesn't, I, I would take it sweet. If I there have green tea, I put, I put sweet sometimes in green tea. So. Okay. Yeah, I asked that question to somebody else, and I said, tea, sweet or unsweet? And they said, well, is it hot or cold? And I thought, ooh, that's a good. Oh. That's very clever. Yeah, well, if it's cold, that. then it has to be sweet. Otherwise, it's bleh. That's right. Otherwise, it's dumb. It's just colored water. Who does yeah. that? Um, and then number six, this is the last one. Um, what's your favorite quote? What comes to mind? Whether it's a song lyric, uh, a line from a book, a movie line, something that, you know, Bible verse, whatever just pops in your head a lot of the time. Most of mine either come from the Lord of the Rings or um, Bono from U2. Those are. Oh, that's interesting. Mm. Big U2 fan. So it's my older brother's fault. I'm going to go with you can't always get what you want. Nice. Very good. Very good. I was actually, yeah, one of my favorites I use is uh, sometimes you can't make it on your own. That's, yeah. That's a line from a U2 song that I really enjoy. Nice. Um, so. Cool. Awesome. Well, Tracy, listen, I've had a great time. Thank you so much yeah. for being so generous with your time. And um, I love the challenges that you mentioned and also the encouragement that you shared with our listeners. Listeners, again, you can find her at EssentialStepmom.com. You can email her at info at EssentialStepmom.com. You can find her podcast, Essential Stepmom. She also recommended the Nacho Kids Academy by Lori and David Sims. Check out those resources. Make sure you connect with Tracy. Tracy, thank you again for coming on. It, it really has been a pleasure. It sure was. Thank you for having me. Certainly. Um, look forward to continuing to stay in touch with you and checking out your podcast as well. Uh, and in the meantime, listeners, again, go, go check out her stuff and uh, look forward to talk with you guys on the next episode of 10 CBF, a podcast for blended families. I'm honored you took the time to listen to the show and I pray that God will continue to bless you and your blended family. If you'd like a copy of my complete Blended Family Toolkit, send me a message and be sure to go and follow today's guest as well. Please like and subscribe to the show as this gives us more visibility and allows us to encourage more blended families. And if you're feeling extra generous, please leave a review on iTunes or elsewhere. Remember, in the words of Tolkien, all we have to decide is what to do with the time that is given to us. Thanks again for tuning in, and as always, walk worthy and Godspeed. Mm -hmm.